1: No purchase necessary, void, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions
4: apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving. And Jim, happy Thanksgiving to you. And what a special episode this is going to be here. Episode 85, Still City Insider Podcast. Matt Canada has been relieved of his duties as offensive coordinator.
3: With all due respect to Mr. Canada and his family, it's a sad day for them, it's Festivus for the rest
4: of us, right? Festivus for the rest of us. Yes, it is. And there is just so much to unpack here. Uh, something that you know we've been talking about uh as a possibility, but really not seeing this happening until possibly next year. Uh, and I think the last time a coach was let go, missed mid-season was I I think I saw this earlier on Twitter. You'll have to confirm this being the Sealers historian that you are. Was it Burt Bell who fired himself as a part owner, as the coach of the team?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, and now I know what that is. Somebody told me, did you see that thing on the internet about 1941? I said, no. He goes, okay, good. Forget If you see it, forget it. It's stupid. It's it's wrong. Okay. That's all I know. And Burt Bell was the owner. He and Art Rooney had some kind of franchise swap and they became co-owners and uh yeah so uh you know mike nixon it, it is the only thing that's close i think is mike nixon was hired as an interim coach in training camp okay. in 1965 buddy parker threatened to resign again and every time he threatened to resign with the chief and then he apologized the next day the chief would give him his job back well dan <coughs> new guy in power said, no, that's it, we're done. Because a buddy tried to trade a bunch of draft picks, a bunch of young good players for uh, some over-the-hill backup quarterback. He got. He was disgusted about a preseason game. Anyway, that's the only interim coach, and it's not been a Rooney thing.
4: Okay. If this is not what the Rooneys do, midseason, who did this? Who's responsible for this decision?
3: I tell you, Mike Tom was pretty adamant at the press conference today. You know, I, I, it's being compared to the Bruce Arians thing where people believe it was Rooney-inspired Bruce Arians firing, and uh, Tomlin then said, I fired him. And I was listening to Joe Starkey read back the quotes, and this quotes on paper are strong, but I don't remember Tomlin being that adamant as he was today.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: This, in my opinion, was all Tomlin. OK, uh, it's not you're it's not a Rooney thing. It's it's not how they operate at the end of the season. Yes, he would have input. He would talk. Or as with the case of Arians, what I believe is Arians contract was up and Rooney said, we're, no, we're not going to ex- extend them. You can do whatever you want, Mike, but he's not signing a contract. We're not signing him to a contract. Yeah. Well, this is different here. Uh, this is in season. And I believe it was it was Mike Tomlin. Yeah, uh, he was really adamant about it today. I yeah. really liked his press conference today. He was strong.
4: Well, and I, I like this quote where he said, "You know, I it's not going to be verbatim, but in as a leader, you run to these types of situations to to have a response. You know, you don't. You know, he says that you know, face the fear or whatever. You know, his his better way of stating it. But it, what what was it? I mean, there's so much that we could point to that led to this firing, but. For an organization that typically you don't see these types of moves, what do you think was the final straw that pushed him over the edge? And I know he was asked that question, not in those words, but what what forced his hand?
3: Uh, did you by any chance watch the Pittsburgh Steelers-Cleveland-Browns game last <laughs> Sunday? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You laughed so hard my table was bouncing. My camera was bouncing up and down. Um, you know, that was a winnable game. And Najee Harris after the game was complaining. Kenny Pickett after the game was questioning why coverages weren't matching what they had watched on film and had no reason why they couldn't adjust. Yeah. Very strange comments from Pickett. It wasn't outright criticism like Harris was. But still, I mean, those are those are leaders. Yeah, those are leaders on the offense. And uh, this has to, has to generate a buzz, not only among the offensive and the leaders, but in the entire locker room. I mean, you feel a buzz right now, don't you? You you're just you're just a normal guy watching.
4: Uh, hey, I am. Uh, I'm energized. I am. When I I got a a text this morning, and I was like, what? And no, I, because it, it's it feels like this team has a chance now. There's hope. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um,
3: I, I do think they're energized. I think uh, the fan base is energized. I'm energized, even though I I predicted that it wouldn't happen. You, you always want to be right in the media, right? Yeah. But would you rather be happy or would you rather be right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the old relationship advice, right?
4: Yeah. So in, in talking about the yeah. pick- comments after the game uh you know i did see i did see those read through those and, and Naji's commentary do you think that the players had any type of hand in this decision that tomlin made uh were there no, i you know, don't... think there were some meetings that maybe players the the leadership of the players said hey coach t we want to meet with you what was their role in this process if any
3: well i hope there wasn't a meeting i just i i think you know the frustration uh, the coach saw. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty grim performance. Mm-hmm. And they're in this. They're still in this. They're still in the playoff, top eight.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: so, and that was a game they could have won. And there was so much the the miscommunications on the field. Just it all added up to a poorly coordinated effort. Mm-hmm. And then some of the play calling at the end, which. I fault Mike Tomlin for having Najee in there instead of Jalen Warren at the at the critical juncture. Mm-hmm. Cleveland 40, first down, 5.06 left. You need one first down to win this game. Mm-hmm. Five yards to go ahead and hope your defense holds off a rookie quarterback.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Maybe you go into overtime. But a first down, I think, wins the game because then they run more clock and, and kick the field goal. And they, they just had their only weapon out of the game is absurd yeah. so i don't know uh if, you know i think tomlin's at fault for that because that's something a head coach can say i hope eddie faulkner wasn't responsible for it because he's now the <laughs> run game coordinator
2: hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino
0: We're prohibited by loss. terms and conditions. 18 plus.
4: Yeah, which is a, a good good shift here, Jim. So right now, Mike Sullivan is going to call the plays, but he's going to work in tandem with running back coach Eddie Faulkner. He's going to coordinate the offense. So whatever gets put on the field has to be way better. At least that's the expectation from what we've seen over the past two and a half years. What can you expect from these two in terms of the coordination of the offense? Are we going to see a more run heavy approach or are we just going to see better execution as a result of better coordination?
3: uh well the hope I mean how, how could it be worse coordination? Now Mike Sullivan's an experienced play caller, so I like that. And Eddie Faulkner is the running backs coach. And I like teams that designate a run game coordinator. Mike Munchak was the run game coordinator. Dick Hoke was the run game coordinator. They're the ones that tell the OC, hey, we can't get that blocked up if we if you want us to run the ball. So I like that they're in the thick of the decision-making. Now, what they know, I don't know. Uh, I, I do believe Mike Sullivan was the play caller when Atlanta blew the Super Bowl against New England. And they could have handed the ball off at their version of the Cleveland 40 with five minutes left. And they in- chose to get sacked instead. And that just begat an entire comeback by Tom Brady. So <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure if that was Mike Sullivan. I was on my way to looking that up and I stumbled across Darius Leonard being out there. And I got a little excited about that. We could talk about that later, but uh so I, I I don't have the clarity on Mike Sullivan, what exactly he's experienced as a play caller, but he is an experienced play caller.
4: Yeah. So how will this work if both, both Sullivan and Faulkner are, I guess, co-coordinators, you can call them? I'm guessing that they're going to develop the game plan together, have a set of plays that they like against the Bengals. But then in terms of making that decision for the play call, that's exclusively going to be Sullivan or... Or are there going to be conversations that are had between Faulkner and Sullivan and maybe even coach Tomlin?
3: There's always, always conversations over the headsets. Always. You no, know, Tomlin will say, Hey, and he has a final word. Of course, but mm-hmm. Faulkner will be saying that to the play caller, you know, lean on, lean on Jalen Warren, give Jalen Warren the ball. That's the hope. That's the sentence I want to come out of his mouth.
4: Yeah.
1: That's
3: what I want him to be. The give Jalen Moore the ball coach. That's what I want to see. Right. So um I, I that that's as that's as much clarity as I have on that. I, I just think it's a smart move to separate the two, use two, but I think you have it right with the game planning and then Sullivan calls the place from up up in the press box.
4: And I'm guessing well, because the coordinators typically speak to the media weekly. Well, I'm guessing Faulkner and Sullivan will so that's gonna be
3: Oh tough. I I would assume it's just Faulkner. I mean, they said he's the coordinator. And even though Sullivan will be calling plays and, you know, the other thing is both of those guys have their own positions to coach too. So, you know, uh, they giving one guy, two full jobs would be asking a lot. That's why I didn't think it would happen. And I knew they wouldn't want to bring in an outsider. That would That's ludicrous. We're bringing an outsider where you want to change the entire offense. <laughs> so, uh I think it's an energized move. It's a bold move by Tomlin. Um, I, I think he just had to gain even more respect. I personally don't think he was close to losing the locker room. I don't think he ever is or ever will be. But um, this definitely earned him some some respect, no doubt.
4: Yeah, I would have to agree, agree with you. And again, just those comments, too, about who made the decision earlier in this press conference. I thought that was pretty pretty impactful. So, speaking of impact, what type of impact will this change in coordinators have on Kenny Pickett? Because again, we saw this past Sunday against the Browns, I know a lot of that we can put on the ineffective coordination, um but Pickett, you know, did not have uh, another good game for, you know, four consecutive games. How does this reshape his performance or what can we expect?
3: Well, all we can do is watch. You know, everything you said was right. He had a poor game, and a lot of the blame goes to him. Um, I'm sure he's energized by this. This is his position coach now who's going to be calling his plays. Perhaps there's more um, uh, intuition between the two, and maybe there's more common ground that they share, more common love for plays. I, I don't know. This is things Kenny will talk about tomorrow. But um, I'm sure he's energized, and it's a change, and it's a needed change. And how much worse can he play? Yeah, I know people want to change, but we saw what Trubisky looked like earlier this year. It's that doesn't interest me. And you know, I watch Mason in practice. That doesn't interest me. I, I love both of those guys. They're both good dudes, but I, I would keep Pickett in there, and I I think that's the smart move. and and they're making it
4: do you think that pickett's performance has primarily been the result of bad play calling or if we were to break this down down into percentages of responsibility obviously a lot of this falls on pickett as well but do you think it was more of the 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 outcome of the the play calling
3: well look he missed a lot of open guys and there's miscommunications with dj all the time now and um, the, the checkdowns, I don't know, that can't possibly be the coordinator's bidding. All the checkdowns into the triple coverage. Uh, you know, uh, Kenny has to take his fair share of blame here, but how was he being coached? How was he being told? How was he being explained? Did he understand how the plays were working? Did anyone understand how the plays were working? Besides the defense. Yeah. They understood very well how the plays were working.
4: Too well. Too well. Um, a lot to look forward to. We'll get to see how these changes impact the team come Sunday. And it's a big one uh, against the Bengals. But let's let's talk about the defense here real fast and something you mentioned earlier. Uh, Darius Leonard, uh, all-pro inside linebacker, cut from the, the Colts. Any chance that he joins the Steelers?
3: Well, you know, a few years ago, I remember one Mr. Javon Hargrave raving about his college teammate, his former college teammate, Darius Leonard, and uh saying he, you know, he talked to the Steelers about drafting him. He he loved him. Sure enough, I think he was rookie of the year, wasn't he? It was a high second round pick, uh, maybe low first rookie of the year, something like that. Wasn't that long ago? Uh, so he's relatively young. Twenty he makes too much money.
4: Mm-hmm
3: and you know Steelers have a wide open spot they just they just made a starter out of a guy they had here 17 days who played for the Falcons last year and got cut last year not a former all pro yeah uh Darius Leonard uh I haven't watched Darius Leonard this, this year I don't know how much he's lost my understanding is it was just a total money move by the Colts he still owed 6 million dollars so Anybody that claims him on waivers has to pay that, and Steelers aren't going to do that.
4: Mm.
3: And it, it's unlikely that any team will do that. So he becomes a free agent. There's a starting job open for him right now. I don't know that any other team can, has that flashing neon light, you know, vacancy, vacancy. Because, I mean, Landon Roberts, after the game he played the other day, he can go make demands. He can say, hey, get this Leonard in here and play next to me. Yeah. you know. Landon Roberts is the hoss now on that defense. What I a made, game.
4: I made a note here. Yeah, 15 total tackles. Uh, I mean. Buzzing wow. the flats. The way he was
3: cover in coverage in the flats. Now, he wasn't getting downfield, and I, I'm not sure that's his game anymore, but he showed enough in the flats. He got out there. He made those tackles in the open field. Excellent game. Excellent game. And he has uh, – I don't know if, he, if if the team, if anyone else had room to respect him more, but I respect him more. And so I'm sure that everybody in that building respects him more. So I think he could go make demands right now.
4: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Get Leonard
3: in here. Let's make this deal.
4: And, and Hey, here's the other part too. And just looking at this defense in terms of TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, when healthy, if Leonard does clear waivers, You know that's a pretty solid group that he could be a part of. So I'm sure there would probably be some attraction on his end as well to the team. So definitely. And you can
3: also say, uh, you know, half of the guys in the league want to play for Mike Tomlin, but you can also say, we just fixed our offense, man. Yeah. We we, and look, we're look how bad we were playing on offense, and we're still six and four, the seventh seed in the AFC you Got a chance to start for a playoff team, and we yeah. can get a lot better. I mean, you can really sell this to a guy like Darius Leonard. Yeah, I, I it's an energetic day at uh Steel City Insider podcast number 85, isn't it? I,
4: I tell you, I'm I, man, I was gonna say, hey, they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we got a ways to go before then, and it starts addition, yeah, it's subtraction, addition by subtraction, but it starts this weekend. AFC North contest, the first one against the Bengals. There is some good fortune at the misfortune of the Bengals. They lose Joe Burrow. Uh, so they're going to be facing another rookie quarterback, but the Steelers could very well get this done uh in the North against the Bengals. What's your outlook for this weekend's game?
3: I haven't handicapped it. I Bengals aren't as good defensively as the Browns. I'll just say that, you know, everybody's aghast that the Steelers opened as one point favorites. I can't. I doubt they are now. They're probably one point dogs or something. But the old axiom, the old gambling axiom that I always trust is if you have to ask why, go with it. Steelers are one point favorites. That makes me want to take them. That, you know, Vegas doesn't give money away, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that encouraged me. That's the third, that's the triple crown of the energized uh, Steel City Insider podcast today.
4: Well, hey, here's the thing. So this is there's definitely has been an undertone and maybe an overtone uh, from this team and from the players that there was dissatisfaction with the way this offense had been handled all year. Now they're getting their opportunity to show what they could do. So there has to if we're this jacked up, the players have to be feeling that same sense of enthusiasm. So maybe we'll see the real the real offense but the other side of that is if the real offense is just bad, then they might need to blow this thing up next year.
3: <laughs> well, the real offense has some players. So uh, I, I don't know that they can continue to give uh, Najee Harris the ball more than Jalen Warren, not after the last game. No, And uh, they have the receivers, and DJ needs to have a, re- a real bounce-back game. He needs a real focus, and, and he needs to get it with Pickett and get this right. And I also prep Muth. that would be a nice change up for these offensive coordinators to start throwing to the tight end over the middle, right? That would, that would, that you always, when you come into a new job, you want to put your stamp on it. That would be an easy stamp for these guys. Yeah. So, I mean, how hard would it be to incorporate Muth, especially when he's in his second game back, he should be ready to go. And boy, if you get Minka, you know, to come out. Uh, and, and you know, you get you get a lot of terrible tiles taken over that Bengal stadium because they're down. They just lost their quarterback. They might be in the mood to sell their tickets to Steeler fans and appreciative Steeler fans who are as energized as you and I are. Yeah. I think it, it, it could be very interesting this week. Very, uh, very yeah. big move today. Very. Okay.
4: Everything's exciting. Jim, I just had a moment of intuition. So I, I read a stat that said it's been 51 games since the Steelers have scored. 30 or more points. It's happening this Sunday.
3: Let's not get crazy.
4: <laughs> hey, I'm putting it out there to the universe. I'm trying okay. to try for the team. So wait, Jim, I did notice that uh right now there's a 75% off sale for Steel City Insider. You want to talk about yeah. that?
3: No, it's 75% off at Steel City Insider for the rest of the week
4: i try to tee that it's, up. Our,
3: it's our biggest sale we, you know it's that black friday thing and we we do it from tuesday to tuesday 75 percent off for a full year
4: yeah all right so if you are this is
3: the time we're energized and it's exciting and this team could make a move so
4: yep so if you haven't subscribed yet to uh the site make sure that you do so and if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet make sure you do that hit the like button that one's free yes this is free this is free. that one's 100% off that's right 100% just for you out there in Steelers Nation uh but Jim that's gonna do for episode 85 anything to close up with no
3: let's just wrap it on a high note we're good we're all good right. it's an exciting time to be a Steeler fan I think
4: absolutely and happy Thanksgiving to all of you out there and we will see you back here next week for the Heinz Ward episode of the Still City Insider Podcast take care everyone
1: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChumbaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.